in, having that knowledge and having that understanding that you understand who he is and how it applies to your life. Amen. You want to be Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul tells us that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You're not your own. You are brought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which is the Lord's. Amen. We want to know him. We want to grow in him. We want to know everything we can about him. And each day we find that the more we study, the more we apply ourselves to know more about God, the more we will come to know more about him. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, that I have not seen and ear have not heard, and neither have it entered into the hearts of men the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Amen. But think about that. There's a whole lot more. So we need to grow. We need to grow. Amen. So last week we were talking a little bit about uh, God being wisdom, and we need to grow into the wisdom of God. And I, I made mention that the book of Proverbs is a book of wisdom, and we need to spend time in that book because, I mean, it opens to us the understanding of God. It teaches us how to live our lives. It teaches us how to do things, and it just gives us a whole lot of wisdom and knowledge of how we should operate on a day-to-day basis, amen, to be good, successful stewards. As the Lord told Joshua in, in, in Joshua chapter 1, when he took over the leadership, the leader Israel, he says, don't ever let this book depart out of your mouth, and you will have good, be strong, and you will do, have good success. And if we are going to be successful in life, we need to stay in the word of God. David says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. That he also, the psalmist is also right to the Lord in, in first, I mean, Psalms 119, verse 32, I think it's 38. He says, if you teach me the way of thy statutes, and I will observe it with my whole heart. He says, you give me understanding, yea, of thy law, and I will keep it unto the end. He says, you make me to go in the way of thy commandments, for therein do thy servant delight. He says, incline my heart unto thy testimonies and not unto covetousness. He says, turn away my eyes from beholding vanity and quicken thou me in the way. Incline my heart unto thy words, for all thy judgments are good. He says, behold, I have longed for thy precepts. Quicken thou me in righteousness. And so we have to understand that. As, as David says there in Psalms 19, 7, he says, the law of the Lord is what? Perfect. It converts the soul. Say, when we become, that's why the psalmist says, open thou mine eyes that I may behold the wonders out of thy law. Say, we want to get into the word of God so that we can understand. I want my eyes open. When I read the word of God, I just don't want to be reading like I'm reading a book. I want my eyes to be open to how does this apply to me. That should always be what we should look for application. Everything we read should be application. How does this apply to me? You know, what what should I be doing with what I'm reading to make me more like Christ? Amen. Because that's what he desires us, us to know and to do is to be like him. Amen. Let this mind be in you. So we got to have the wisdom of God. We talked about being light. God is light. That word is a lamp and is a light unto our feet. In him was light. 
and the life was the light of man. Amen. So we want to be the light. Jesus even calls us light because if he's in us, we're supposed to be shining bright. Amen. We, as, as Paul says, we don't walk in darkness. We walk in the light. We walk in the light, John says, as he's the light. We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So we have to realize that we've got to be in the light. We talked about eternal. God is eternal. Jesus Christ, amen, is the only potentate, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is eternal. Amen. So it's, when we leave here, it's forever and ever. So we can either spend eternity with him or eternity with the devil. The choice is ours. Amen. So tonight we want to move on into divine, divine, divine is defined as relating to or proceeding directly from God, proceeding directly from God. Look at John chapter eight, John chapter eight, verse 42, John eight forty-two. Jesus says, if God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I myself, but he sent me. So he proceeded from the throne. Amen. Now notice the next verse. Amen. And verse 43 here, it says, why do you not understand my speech? He says to them, he says, because you do not hear my word. Notice, he's telling them, I proceeded from God, which they should have understood who he was when he said that. But he says, the reason that you don't understand what I'm saying is because you don't understand my speech because you won't hear my word. See, this is why James says, don't just be a hearer of the word. You've got to be a doer of the word. You've got to know what you're reading. You've got to be able to hear what is actually being said. Remember, Jesus says to the religious leaders, I know you think you understood what I said, but I'm not sure you understood what I meant, right? So we've got to realize that the word of God, what he is saying to us, it's all about him. That's why when Jesus after the resurrection, Luke says in 24, that he began at the law of Moses in the Psalms and the prophets, the things concerning himself. See, he expounded to them. That's why when we studied the word of God, when we get into the word of God, Jesus, through the writings of the apostles, they begin to show us things of Jesus Christ to help us grow. Amen. Now, when you look at Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 9, after Isaiah is converted, amen, he, as he sees in Isaiah 1, he begins to see the Lord. He's the Lord is what? He's high and lifted up and his train filled the temple and he's sitting on a throne. A throne. Amen. And after he's touched with the coals from the altar, Amen. He is given a mission. Amen. He says, go and tell this people, hear you indeed, but understand not, and see ye indeed, but perceive not. Amen. 
tell them, and they're not even going to hear you. They're not going to understand it. See, because their hearts was hardened, their necks was hardened. See, if you have stiff neck, if you don't listen and be obedient, you're not going to hear what God is trying to teach you and show you. Notice what Jesus also says in Matthew chapter 13, verse 10 through 7. Go to Matthew chapter 10, verse 3 through 7. I'm going to lay a little foundation here. Matthew chapter 13, verse 10. Matthew 13, verse 10 through 17. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? And he answered and said unto them, Because it is given to you to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to them... It is not given. For whosoever have to him shall be given and shall have more abundance. But whosoever have not from him shall be taken away even that he had. Verse 13. Therefore speak out of them in peril because what? Seeing see not and hearing they hear not neither do they understand? Verse 14. And in this is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which said, By hearing you shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they shall see with their eyes and hear with their ears and shall understand with their heart and shall be converted and I should have healed them. Amen. But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. See, notice. For verily I say unto you that Many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them. You see, if you're dull of hearing, that's what is wrong with a lot of people. They're not hearing what the Word of God is saying. They think they hear what He's saying, but they're not hearing. Their eyes is blind to the truth. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, if this gospel is hid, it's hid to them who is lost in whom the gods of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the glorious gospel of Christ should be revealed to them. See, so he proceeded. He's trying to show them where he came from. He's trying to reveal to them the truth of the matter so that they would understand, but because they had hardness of heart. That's why we are cautioning the book of Hebrews today, if you hear his voice, what? Harden not your hearts as they did in the days of provocation when your fathers tempt me in the wilderness and prove me. Forty years long, God says, well, I agree with this generation and I swore that they should not enter my rest. Amen. They, if they would listen to the word of God, if you and I say we're in truth, everybody else should be in truth. There's only one truth. Jesus says in John 6, 14, 6, 
I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man can come unto the Father but by me. See, the enemy kind of has the church in this limbo because people won't hear. That's why you hear me say constantly, amen, you've got to search the scriptures. That's why Jesus says, search the scriptures, John 5, 39. Search the scripture, for in them you think you have eternal life, and there are they which testify of me, but you won't come to me that you might have life. If you're going to have life, you've got to go to Christ. That's why John 7, 37, Jesus stood and said in that great day of the feast, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. For out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit that they believe on him should receive, because the Holy Ghost was not yet given. See, I can't harden my heart when somebody is trying to teach me and show me more righteous things about God. Jesus says, a prophet is not without honor, save in his own country. See, so we've got to understand that he came. That's why John says, in the beginning was the word. If you go back to the book of Genesis, it was God. That's what he's saying. In the beginning was the word, the logos, the thought, the plan, the action of Almighty God from the beginning. And what happened? It became flesh. God put his plan into action. It's not a trinity. It's not three persons. God is not a person. God is spirit, John 4, 24. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I don't know where that terminology came from. Amen. I, I Probably back in 325 AD, counsel me fail. But anyhow, somebody's got to wake up. And realize what the scripture says. God was manifested in the flesh. Justified in the spirit. Seen of angels. Preached unto the Gentiles. Believed on in the world. And received back up in the glory. But what is happening? People ain't hearing. They're not hearing. What the word is saying. So you and I must hear. It's given to you to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Look at Luke chapter 1 verse 35. Look at Luke chapter 1 verse 35. You remember when when Jesus says in Matthew 16. He says, who did they say I the son of man am? It says, some say you're Jeremiah, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're one of the old prophecies, but who do you say I am? And Peter says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. See, a lot of people see that and they say, okay, see right there, he's, he's the son of God. Yes, he's the son of God. Jesus is 100% man and he's 100% God. Okay? Now notice what the angel said to Mary. And the angel answered, because Mary has some questions about all this stuff, right? And she said to her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing 
which shall be born to thee shall be called the Son of God. So that's why throughout Scripture you see it's called Son of God. Because why? He took on flesh and blood just like you and I. The thought, the plan, the logos, the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we beheld his glory. What was the purpose for the coming? What was God's purpose for coming? To seek and to save that which was lost. Humanity was lost. He came to seek and to save. He had to put the plan into action. Because without the shed and the blood, there is no remission. See? So he became the almighty sacrifice. He took on flesh and blood just like you and I. So he's called the son of God because the angel says that he would be called the son of God. Amen. So God is a spirit. He's not a person. Okay? Put that in your psyche. Amen. Because this is where a lot of people read and they see Son of God. But the Holy Ghost is not a person. It's His Spirit. See, Jesus says, how be it when He, the what? Spirit of truth is come. What will He do? He will lead you to all truth. The Spirit of truth. If John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth, then the spirit of truth is who? It's Jesus. John 17, 17. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. Amen. See? So you've got to see how this thing comes together. It's not three persons. If you look at 1 John 5, 7, there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. It's not three persons. The Father, the Word, the plan of the Logos... And his spirit. God is a spirit. That's why Romans 8, 9 says, If any man have not the spirit of... Now notice the latter part. Hmm. You're not in the flesh. But you're in the Spirit. If so, be that what? The Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. There's no separation here. Say, You have not received, verse 16, you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, But you have received the spirit of what? Adoption. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself bear witness with our spirit that we are what? Children 
of God. Galatians 4, Paul says, When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that was under the law, but we might receive the spirit of adoption. See? So he's divine. He's almighty God. You can't separate God from who he is. In the beginning, (laughs) these three bear record together, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And these three, the Word and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. There's three that bear record in the earth. Verse John, chapter 5, verse 8. First John chapter 5, verse 8. There are three that bear record witness in the earth. The spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. That's why you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. The spirit, the Holy Ghost, the water... Baptism in Jesus' name. And the blood that washes away a remit your sins. Neither is there salvation in any other. This is the new birth process. I mean, it agrees in Jesus Christ. Not in any other. Neither is there any other name under heaven given unto men whereby we must be saved. Amen. So you've got to realize who he's referring to. So that you understand who God is. If they notice what they said in Mark chapter 2. Amen. When Jesus told the man with the palsy, your sins are forgiven you. They says, you're blaspheming because can nobody forgive sin but God only. Jesus said that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, take up your bed and walk. And immediately he got up and walked. If, if only God can give forgive sins, then Jesus did it. Amen. Luke chapter 22, verse 69 and verse 70. Luke chapter 22, verse 69 and verse 70. Jesus says, Hereafter shall you see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of the power of God. Then shall they all, art thou the Son of God, and he said unto them, You say that I am. Notice, I am. Before Abraham was, I am. I am the Almighty God. I am the bread of life. I am the comforter. I am the door. Think of all the time things you read about him in the Bible. I am the good shepherd. Amen. Think about it. I am the indwelling spirit. I am the just king. I am the holy one of Israel. Amen. I'm the word. I'm the truth. I am the light. It's all in him. He's divine. He's almighty God. That's why Jesus said, you shall see the son of man sitting on the right hand of power. The right hand is always associated with power. You're not going to see three people sitting on the throne in glory. Even if Jesus was on the right hand, who would be on the left? 
Hello? If he's on the right, who's going to be on the left? God is a spirit. It's his spirit. It's Christ. He shall set upon the throne of his glory. I am the Lord. That is my name. And my glory, Isaiah 42, 8 says, will I not give to another, neither my praises to graven images. There's not going to be another on the throne. Only God is going to be on the throne. He's going to be the judge of all. Amen. He's going to be the judge of all. Look at 1 Corinthians 15. Go to 1 Corinthians uh, 15. Verse 22 through 28. Let's go there real quick. For as in Adam all died, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Aren't you glad? See? That's why the new birth is so important. Because you don't die in Christ. You're made alive. Jesus says, I am come that you might have life and that more abundantly. See, when you are born again and you've walked with Christ and you've lived with Christ and you've done what his word says, when you die, you should be excited. You should never, no born again person should be afraid to die. You should be tiptoeing, skipping and going, dancing. You know why? You're going to be with him forever. That's what the whole journey is about. Amen. You should be excited. I think the scripture says, that what is precious in the sight of God is what? Death of the saints. It should be an excitement. Amen. You're going to be with him. Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. See? So we, we should be excited about this thing. This world is not my home. If I put my stakes down here, I'm going to have a whole lot of trouble. Because somebody's always going to try to take my property. <laughs> somebody's always going to try to take what is mine. I'm going to bind up heaven and argue and fight and all that stuff. You know, you look at Isaac. Every time Isaac dug a well, what they do? They try took it away from him. Finally, he dig another and they take it away. Dig another and they take it away. You know? Thank God for the spirit of Isaac. He just kept moving. Just kept moving on to the next spot. You know, finally he dug one and they says, okay, I got one built. <laughs> That's what you got to do. This world is not your home. Don't put your stakes down. Here. Peter says, I got to put off this tabernacle someday. This thing has got to go back to where it was. But the spirit is going to go back to whom God gave it to me. And I will get that glorified body. And I will reign with him forever and ever. Say amen. So in Adam, we all died. Aren't you glad you've already had part in the first resurrection? Because the second death ain't going to have no power on you. You shouldn't even be afraid of dying. You should say, yep, I'm out of here, man. I'm going to be with Jesus. Tap dancing on the street of gold, man. Mr. Bojangles ain't going to have nothing on you. <laughs> You'd be dancing all over, kicking up your heels, you know. <laughs> Being the cotton-eyed Joe, you guys don't know anything about that, do you? Brother DeMuth does. <laughs> Amen. 
But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits. What is he talking about there? Jesus was the first one to rise from the grave. First fruits. Afterwards, they that are Christ is that is cometh. Amen. Verse 24. Then cometh the end when he shall have delivered the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall put down all rules and all authority and power. Amen. For he must reign until all things, all enemies be put under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Death has no power over God. Amen. It shouldn't have any power over you. That's why you should not be afraid of dying. You don't die, you can live. See, the enemy wants to scare you with that. Say, just rejoice. If God's not dead, I'm not dead. I'm alive. Amen. For he have put all things under his feet, but when he said all things are put under him, it is manifested that it is expected which did put all things under him. Verse 28. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son himself also be subject to him that put all things unto him, that God may be all and all. See, the reason the Son came was what? To seek and to save that which was lost. There ain't going to be no more need to save anybody else when it's all over. So God takes his rightful place. Amen. He sits on the throne to judge all nations. Hello. Aren't you glad? He is divine. Praise God. Amen. God is the spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. All things are put under him. 1 Timothy 3, 16. And without controversy, right? Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received back up into glory. John says in 1 John 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life, of the word life, was what? Manifested. And we have seen it. And we declare unto you. Why? So that your joy might be full. They declared it unto us. They wrote it. They put it into a book. Amen. First John. Amen. These things were that your joy might be full. You should be excited having the revelation of the knowledge of truth. You should be excited to know that this revelation has been revealed to you and you have firm understanding. Christ was God manifested in the flesh. He's the way. He's the truth. And he is the life. John says here, amen. Notice First Timothy Chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. Paul's, 1 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. Paul says there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, verse 6, who gave himself a ransom of all to be testified in due time. There's one God 
and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. He is the mediator. He's the go-between. Amen. Notice what 1 John 5, 20, John says. And we know, 1 John chapter 5, verse 20, and we know that the Son of God has come and have given us an understanding that we may know him that is true and we are in him that is true, even his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. He is the true God and the eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, as who is a believer should not perish but have what? Everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. Amen. He's divine. He's divine. He is divine. Colossians 1, 12 through 19. Give thanks to the Father which have made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who have delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, and whom we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence or first place. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Amen. All fullness, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Colossians 2, and without controversy, I mean, not, I mean, <laughs> 2.9. Amen. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And we are what? Complete in him. See? Are you complete? Do you know him? Paul says, oh, I want to know him. See, we, if we're going to grow, everything flows from this knowledge of who he is. You don't want to, this is one area you don't want to be tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Look at Ephesians 4 and 11. And he gave some apostles. He gave some prophets. He gave some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Until we all come into the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. See, we want to grow up in Him. You want to mature. Amen. 
That's the overall goal is for you to mature in Christ, to be rock solid, unmovable, steadfast in your understanding of who God is. He's divine. Amen. Yes, the scriptures bring you to certain points that it might look like it's talking about something totally different, but it's not. Amen. You have to understand. That's why you've got to study 2 Timothy 2.15 to show yourselves approved unto God. Workmen that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You've got to get in this book and you've got to open it and you've got to spend time. You've got to get wisdom. I wisdom dwell with prudence and fawn out knowledge of witty inventions. You've got to open it up if you're going to grow because the word of God must be in you. God wants to be in you. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You're not your own. Amen. You've got to realize who you are. As the Lord told Solomon, when he dedicated the temple and the Spirit of God descended down, God says, I will be, my name will be here perpetual forever. As long as you do what is right, my name will be here. But if you don't do what is right, it's out. I'm out. It's the same way. That's why we're called the temple of God. When we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, God comes in. Now we must walk in newness of life. We must be a reflection of Jesus Christ in the earth. This is why we're called salt and we're called light. Because both of those attributes of God. He's the light of the world. And so if we don't walk the way he says that we walk, he's leaving. You've got to walk according to the ways he's wanting you to walk. You can't say I'm holy and and, and he ain't there. Like I said Sunday, you know, with Samson, God was gone and he didn't even know it. Some people think they got him. He's already gone. Because they're not doing what he says to do. He will not dwell in an unclean temple. Come on. He's divine. And if he's divine, we must be divine. If he's holy, we must be holy. If he's set apart, we must be set apart. If he's love, we must be loved. If he's joy, we must be joy. If he's peace, we must be peace. If his compassions are new every morning, my compassion has to be renewed every morning. Everything he is, I must be. That's why Paul says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for corrections and instructions and righteousness. Notice, it's all to make you like God. Because God is righteous. In him is no darkness at all. He's light. So I have to be the same as my dad. Hello? He robed himself in flesh and came to the earth as a man. Notice what Paul says to the church at Philippi and Philippians 2. Verse 5 through verse 11. He says, let this mind be in you, 
Philippians 2, 5. You there? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, hello, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. And what? Made it himself no reputation and took on the form of a servant and been found made in the likeness of man. What did he do? He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the great. Wherefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. He's Lord. Jesus says in John thirteen thirteen, you call me master and you call me Lord. And you say, well, for so I am. Isaiah 43, 10, you are my servant, said the Lord, and my witnesses whom I have chosen that you may know and believe me that I am he. Before me there was no God form and neither shall there be after me. I even I am the Lord, and beside me, there is no Savior. Hello? He's divine. He's Almighty God. Have you not read? Jesus says, do you not know? If Abraham was your father, he would rejoice. Because he spoke of me. <laughs> And what did they say? You're not even 50 years old yet. <laughs> Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am. Amen. He's all in all. Amen. So if we're going to grow in Christ, we have to grow in godliness. Godliness is defined as the quality of being devout, holiness, holy, religious, a piety. The word godly and godliness appears only a few times in the New Testament, yet the entire book of the Bible is on godliness. And when these words do appear, they are filled with meaning and instructions for us. No higher compliment can be paid to a Christian than to be called a godly person. No higher compliment than to say, man, that's a godly person. Godliness is the foundation on which Christian, Christian character is built. Peter says in 1 Peter 1, 15 to 16, But as he which is called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of behavior or conversation, speech, or whatever you want to call it. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Amen. Paul told Timothy and Titus, he says, I exalt therefore... That first of all, supplications, prayer, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life with all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. 
For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Whereunto I am ordained a preacher and apostle, I speak the truth in Christ and lie not, a teacher of the Gentiles and faith in verity. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. And like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pears or costly array, but which become women professing godliness with good works. Titus, amen, 1 Timothy 6, 6-11. But godliness with contentment is great gain, but thou... O man of God, flee those these things and fall after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and 15. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation have appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodly and worldly lusts, we should live soberly in righteousness and godliness, godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope in the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak and exalt and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. Amen. Godliness, holiness, purity, separation, set apart. Amen. Growing in Christ, you've got to be holy. Holy is separated from the world and set apart unto God. Man, it's not what you wear, it's who you are. And who you are is what you wear. Amen. If you look like a thug, then you're a thug. Amen. <laughs> you, you've got to realize who you are in Jesus Christ. He's a holy God. Amen. God cannot lie. So we must walk in truth. We must be holy. We must be set apart and growing in Christ. We must know him. And the power of his resurrection. We must know him. How he applies to our life. So that we can edify and build up others. In this church that we call the church. Follow out the charity and desire spiritual gifts. But rather that you may prophesy. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue. Speak to God to, unto men. But unto God. For no man understanding him. How be it the spirit. He speaketh mysteries, but he that prophesies speaketh unto men to edification, to exhortation, and to comfort. See, if you never grow to where you know God, you will never fulfill the things that God wants you to fulfill. One of the most overlooked gifts that God has given to the church is edification. To edify, to build up. To strengthen. That's why even if you look at Ephesians 4. He gave the what we call the fivefold ministry. To what? Perfect the saints. So if I perfect the saints, what am I doing? I'm edifying the saints. I'm building the saints. I'm encouraging the saints. If you notice, I'm trying to tell you, don't focus here. This is not where you're going to live. There's another life that is coming. None of us know when it's going to happen. That's why we have got to live this life here every day ready for there. Amen. That's why you've got to have joy unspeakable. 
That's why you can't allow things to get into your pathway and in your heart to distract you. The thief comes not but for the steal, to kill, and to destroy. The enemy of your soul is going to try to get you off track. Amen. But you've got the purpose. You've, as Jesus says, settle it in your mind. Amen. That some things are going to come against you, but you've got to keep pressing towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. Your destiny is heaven, and that's where you want to be. Amen. And so you have the purpose. If you don't purpose to go, you ain't going to get there. Amen. You have the purpose. Nothing shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. Death, life, principalities, powers, famines, nothing should separate you from God. When you look back and see that he brought you out and put his spirit in you, that should just make you jump for joy all the time. That God saw fit that he loved you so much that he would give you his spirit, that he wants you to dwell with him forever. should make you excited all the time. Amen. Blessed are you. What did he say on the mount? Sermon on the mount. Blessed are the pure in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn. That they should be comforted. Blessed are the meek. For they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful. For they shall attain mercy. Amen. Blessed are the peacemakers, for theirs shall be the sons of God. Blessed are they that persecute for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you. You need some blessing? Hello? I mean, he wants some blessings. <laughs> but what did he say? Blessed are you when men shall persecute and vow you and say all matters of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Hello? Hmm. Blessed are you. Well, he said, Rejoice. Well, so they persecuted the prophets which before you. Peter says in first Peter four, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fire trials, which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you. He says, But rejoice. And that you are becoming what? A partaker of Christ's suffering. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy. Are you? I know it don't make sense. But his ways are not my ways and his thoughts is not my thoughts. And how many times do we read Second Corinthians twelve seven? It was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. And I sought the Lord thrice that he take this thing away from me. And what did God say? My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. So what did Paul come to the conclusion? He says, okay, if that's the case, I'm going to glorify in my infirmities. I glorify my necessities, my persecution. For Christ's sake, for when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Amen. It don't make sense. The word tells you he's chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the mighty. I'm telling you, it don't make sense sometimes, but that's why you've got to walk by faith and not by sight. See, if you try to walk this thing by faith, 
a site, it ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. There's just too much stuff is going to be out there to get, try to take you out. You've got to stay focused on him. He goes before me and holds my hand. Fret not, little flock. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. All those scriptures and promises that you read in God's word, you've got to grab a hold of every one of them and not let any of them go. Because they are yea and they are amen. So it's there for you. So just rejoice. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So next month we have a new series. Amen. We'll be starting. Amen. We're going to be talking next month about character again. Amen. We are going to, we're going to branch off into some errors and ethics. We're going to talk about some ethics. We're going to talk about some thoughts. We're going to talk about how that all applies in our character. Amen. Father, we love you. We truly appreciate you, God, and all your goodness and things that you do for us. Thank you for your word, O oh God, again tonight. Thank you for this lesson this month, Lord, and all the things that you have shown us. May we continue to grow in you, Lord, in all that we do, all that we say, that our lives would be a pure reflection of you, Lord, and we look for your soon appearing. Keep your hand upon each and every one of us, O oh God. Continue, Lord, to let your wholeness flow. We trust in you. We believe in you. And, God, we know that you will make all things beautiful in your time. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't forget.